0: Hi, this is George Weiner, Colonel Sanders and Spaceballs, and I am on Tanned Air Podcast.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley and I'm Jack Doherty and I am Randy Hardenbrook and ladies and gentlemen it almost feels corny for to say we've got another one of those good episodes for you. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like maybe I'm patting myself on ourselves <laughs> on the back a little too hard, but You know what? It just is. We did it again, guys. (laughs) We did it again. We're geese that lay fucking golden eggs, let me tell you. (laughs) But no, we are very honored to have a very special guest this week. He has done so much. He's been in so many television shows. There isn't enough time to even sit here and list them. I'm going to name some of them, but... He's been in M.A.S.H., WKRP in Cincinnati, Perfect Strangers, Golden Girls, Married with Children, Desperate Housewives, Glee, House, uh, Boy Meets World, The West Wing, Sanford and Son, All in the Family, and Hill Street Blues. He had a long run on as uh, Erwin Bernstein, but he's probably best known as Colonel Sanders from Spaceballs. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome George Weiner to the show today, and boy, oh boy, what a fun talk that was. They're always fun in their own way, but... This guy was just a blast to talk to. Super humble. It just took time out of his day to talk with us. And it's just, it's so surreal. And it's just, God, I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It never stops being rewarding in in this aspect. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's so much fun to get to talk to these people. But, fuck, this is, what, the third person from Spaceballs we've had now. Is it third? Well. Rob Paulson and uh, uh, Michael Winslow. Mm -hmm. Rob was there? He got very little screen time. But he... Mm was one of the space balls. Oh, okay. Remember, because when he was on the show, he had a story about being on set and oh, stuff that's that right. Yeah, the mail had said to yeah. him. But, uh, you know, we'd love to have as many Spaceballs oh, people yes. on oh, the show as yeah. we could get. But, man, to get Colonel Sanders, holy shit. I mean, <laughs> I would have never thought we would have got George no, on the show. No, yeah. definitely not. Here we are. And again, had a great conversation with him. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that. But before we cut over to it, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. If you want to support the show, many different ways you can do it, head to candarepodcast.com. There's a tab to go to our Patreon page where there's hours upon hours upon hours of extra content you could take advantage of for ten, excuse me, for five to ten dollars a month. We also have a merch tab there where you can get t-shirts, mugs, stickers, all kinds of stuff that feature artwork by Candare patron Joshua Bellis. Mm-hmm the candier fashionista. I mean. would say yeah. so. <laughs> he's making our shit look good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> he's yeah, what he's doing. So... Uh, I'm gonna have to get on there and get some myself because they're looking too cool to the point it's like man maybe I should have one of these I mean this is our show (laughs) 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 so that's how that's how awesome they look we'll have to put a post up featuring some of them when uh, when we get another one or two on there or something like that and uh, show them off show them off to the world and uh, what else am I forgetting so two things Uh, go to evergreenpodcast.com check out all the great shows check out us and if you have a spooky story Mm -hmm. we want to hear it it's almost that time of the season we want to hear your spooky shit. That we do. We want to get you on the show. It doesn't have to necessarily be a ghost story, though, I mean, <laughs> we'll definitely take a ghost story. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, UFO, just unexplainable, just anything, just any weird kind of unexplainable shit that's happened to you. We want to hear it. We want to get you on the Halloween episode. So reach out to us, info at candarepodcast.com. I think that's everything. So let's- Should we let them know that the interview took place then, not now? <laughs> Like now, like, like now, now. No, then, not now. It happened then. When is then? <laughs> then In is min- now. Pretty soon. <laughs> I think we lost everybody with yeah, that. But like I see where maybe, you're maybe. going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's cut over to our conversation with George Weiner. Watch out,
0: watch out, watch out.
1: George, I want to thank you so much for taking time to be here. It is quite an honor to have uh, Colonel Sanders on the on the line with us. Thank you for being here.
0: Well, I appreciate your thanks, um, and uh, I speak on behalf of Colonel Sanders, who is always happy to have somebody appreciate him because he's, you know, he's been playing, uh, you know, second fiddle for so long in his career. It's right. nice for him to be uh, recognized. So he's, <laughs> he'll be very happy. I promise.
1: Well, the the namesake of our show, our our show's name is Canned Air, and it's a tribute to Spaceballs. I mean, we talk about much more other than Spaceballs, but yeah, so anytime we get somebody that's been in the Spaceballs film uh, on the show, it's always a treat. So once again, thanks so much. But Uh, let's start back, uh, I guess, kind of where your beginnings are. The earliest thing I could find for you online was that you had graduated from uh, Syracuse University in 68 with a drama major. And it was what, about a few years after that that you actively uh, started acting on television and film. What was it that first made you want to pursue acting in the first place?
0: Well, you know, uh, first place is the right way to say it because I I kind of grew up wanting to do it. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to say it was because of this or that, but I, I think the most obvious one that I remember was going to the theater I grew up in in Boston and uh there there was sort of an uh, before the, the shows went to New York and Broadway, they'd come to Boston and other cities to uh, work it out and um so I was found myself seeing a lot of wonderful shows, plays, musicals. Um and I just fell in love with it. I, I honestly remember looking up on stage, maybe one of the very first times I was in a theater like that, and saying, I don't know what's going on up there, I was very young, but I I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be. Right. I wanted to be part of it, uh, and I, you know, um, I follow that. So you know, theater was my. It was his my, my first love, and so that's what started. It There's a young man falling in love, going to the theater and seeing wonderful, wonderful actors and and uh, and musicals and so on, and uh, and that that opened up the gates for me. Although the gates can close close on you pretty quickly too. You have to be careful of those gates. But uh, you know, it was. Uh, it was fun. It was that, that was the start of it. If my answers are too long, don't please feel free to cut me off. Never. Oh yeah. my God, never. Okay. <laughs> but it looks, okay.
1: looks like the doors have, you know, I, and I've heard that before from other actors that you never know, you know, the door can shut on you anytime. any time. But mm-hmm. it looks like for you, those doors have been wide open. I mean, you know, I always say this when we have people on the show, like, man, look at your IMDb. It's so long and they typically are, but I've never seen anything, like like your filmography like it's in like all the all the tv appearances shows you've been on it's nuts i've never seen anything like it
0: thank you i mean i'm i you know i I can't pretend that i'm not aware to a degree that i have been extremely fortunate uh with uh, you know hanging in there over the years you know i I remember early on in my career um somebody saying well you know if you really want to work a lot you have to put to drama and comedy um one or the other is fine but that will get you further along uh and um you know i I found myself doing that um doing both comedy and and drama and and recognizing that yes uh, that could get me further along and um continued to do some theater but then started doing a lot more tv and film and of course it's exciting to do it and uh it really it's really something. Once you've done it, you you really want to work on it as much as you can because there's a learning curve when you do theater and then go to film uh, right. or television. It, it's you know, I remember the first time I did anything on uh, one of the very first times on uh, TV, and I I drove home going, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I mean, I mean that seriously. It was like I I'm acting as if I'm still in theater and I better shape up in a hurry and you know uh, and um, that so i did i had you know i i watched a lot of people and i had a wonderful agent um who we talked about it and she she understood the problem and it was you know it was something that i i was able to take care of but there was that opening uh, opening sort of uh first you know first shot at it and i went okay you know you you've got uh, you've got to look at work a little harder if you want to get anywhere in this uh, in this town but yes it's it's been a wonderful time for me. I, I uh, feel very, very fortunate for the people I've met, people I've worked with uh, over the years. Absolutely. I could sit and pick your brain
1: on the, like, <laughs> half of all these shows listed yeah. here just on your experience, but obviously don't have that kind of time. And having had so many <laughs> roles over the years, uh, were there any parts that you had auditioned for that you didn't end up getting that you were really excited about or really wanted?
0: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, the, the answer has to be yes. I don't think there's too many uh, things that you audition for and don't get that you aren't disappointed about. You know, uh, I I can't I can't actually say oh that was the one I wanted so badly and didn't get uh, I, nothing nothing that I can think of that way. Um, so I I, I I wish I could think of one, but I, I've been as I say very fortunate that way, and um, so no, I, I I haven't missed anything that way, but I certainly miss things. There's no question about that. I've uh, giving it shots and, and watch the other wonderful actors get jobs and you you know you can't do anything but um, be grateful that you're in the company of these actors. You know? Sure. So you know, that was how it was so much when I especially as a younger actor.
1: I've heard so many actors say too that for every part you do get there were like five to ten auditions that you didn't get that didn't go well. So I can't imagine how many auditions over the years. It's <laughs> It's got to be
0: one hell of a big number.
1: It's like cold calling and sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right. Yes, there's no question it's a big number. And I'm very um, pleased with uh, many times as I was able to get jobs, but certainly there's as many or more, that's for certain, that you didn't get. And absolutely. Um, you can't, you know, you have to just prepare for that. And, um, right. you know, you sit by the phone and at some point it doesn't ring and you go out and have dinner. And, uh, and you come back to see if there's a message on your phone but now so that didn't work so that was a joke actually but <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: just one feature <laughs> <laughs> yes. all right man so <clears throat> let's jump over i guess into talking about space balls because you know we obviously have some of those questions for you but you know, Spaceballs, from what I've been reading online, this wasn't the first time uh, you actually worked with Mel. It was on a film called To Be or Not To Be, which I just I had never even heard of until mm-hmm. I uh, looked it up the other day. And now I think I got to see it. But um, how, how did you and Mel's paths first cross? Was it just as simple as answering an audition for the film or is there more to it than that?
0: Well, you know, it's a, it's a really fun question um, for me to answer because uh, I got a call. Uh, from my agent saying Mel Brooks wants to meet you, and I said, "Don't mess with me, please," because I mean it was <laughs> impossible. What do you mean, Mel Brooks wants to meet me? Uh, you know, and he said, "No, Mel Brooks wants to meet you," and so I went, you know, the next day, whatever, to Mel Brooks's office, and I walked in, and he said, um, "We're all sitting down now." Now that was a line of mine that I had put into a film that I, I was doing. A small, small part in a film that he turned out to be the, one of the producers of. In fact, my agent had said, "Oh, do it. I know it's a small part, but Mel Brooks is the producer and, you know, I might see you and all of that. Um, and then I had asked the, the director, I said, can I say this line? I, you know, you don't want to do that in pose. And you're an actor, you're not a writer. But I said, do you mind if I when I go over here? I say, um, we're all sitting down now because I'm, I'm a guy, I'm a lawyer with a very, tough guy you know who's you know in a difficult day and uh I'm very quietly you know saying that to him so that was a line that I had actually put in the film and he let it stay and now I walk in and Mel Brooks sends that to me this line that I put into a movie and um he had seen seen the movie um and uh he decided that he um wanted to put me in a film and uh so we, you know, I, I did my first uh, movie with him, um, to be or not to be. Um, as a result of, of that little ad lib that I had put in, I say ad lib, but it was permission of the director, uh, into this film. And um, I just thought, thank goodness I said that, uh, and yeah. let me say it. Uh, and you know, there were so many moments like that. I think in so many, in so many of the uh, actors' careers, of some something you did without any uh, idea that it was somehow going to further your career. Um, You do things, you meet people, something happens and all of a sudden that mattered. And, you know, so I, I, I've come to, to uh, understand how, how fortunate you are to be in the right place at the right time and all that. But that happens, that's going to happen to a lot of us out here. And that's going to help move us along. And it certainly did, um, you know, meeting with Mel obviously is, pretty, pretty wonderful thing to do. And then to be told he wants to put me in the a, in a next movie he's doing. And, and that led to the one after that, which was Spaceballs. And um, so, you know, it's so it's, well, you can imagine, before, you know, it's, it was a pretty wonderful, uh, all of the whole experience. It's still wonderful when you talk to Mel. Um, a friend of mine said he ran into Mel, said, oh, I'm a friend of George Wyner's. He said, tell him to call me. So I called Ooh. Mel. And I, I, I said, "Hi, it's George." He said, "I told you never to call me here." <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and that's Mel. And I said, I, "I never heard that." He went, "You never heard never, you know." So you you can't. Mel is gonna. <laughs> it's, it's it's what you love about the man. I mean, there there is no funnier man in my lifetime, and I don't know how, how many other lifetimes uh, than Mel Brooks. Um, just. Simply an extremely, extremely talented, funny man who can write his play and his shows and uh, and and perform in them. And so, right, you know. then you know, when it, when it, we were doing spaceballs, there were times when we just would we break up laughing. And you um, know, you get nervous. You go, oh, I'm sorry, Mel. You know, because then when you laugh, you're ruining the scene. <laughs> and he went, but doing a comedy, here, laugh if it's funny, just laugh. He didn't care if you laughed. That's what we're supposed to be doing and making others laugh. So, um, But very special man, very special. Uh, and as a, as a comedic actor and director, there's never been anybody but like Mel. It just isn't. That's uh, so true. And I know because I've worked with uh, uh, three other uh, directors and that's it. But not much of a career, but I've met two others as well. And if you pause again and don't laugh, I, I'm going to hang up.
1: <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to tell if you guys are yeah. joking or not. I,
0: it's better. No, I see. You're right. I mean, you're going to laugh at an actor, and then he goes, "You think that's funny?" You know. So <laughs> you're right. You did, you did the right thing. Um, so.
1: We're going to take a quick break from our conversation with George Weiner to jump to commercial, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What kind of uh, direction then was uh, Mel giving you while you guys were filming Spaceballs?
0: Mel, Mel was on top of everything that way as a director, um, and uh, you know it was it was much the way uh, any director would. And it, it might be uh, the way you you, you said it, uh, a line, or it just might be where you're where you're standing. And it's move you over here and walk over there and took a look back, and those kind of directions. Um, but certainly, if you weren't getting the joke, if you weren't, for, you know, really landing on the joke, um, he was going to help you, you know, in a very positive way, you know, you know, look, you know, here's the line, you know, so we, you were clear what was intended then, uh, if you were sort of messing around and not quite there, but it was all done, um, it was all, uh, appropriate that it be done, you know, we're trying to make his movie and as funny as we can make it, So. Um, that's that's what he would do, but um, you know when you're working with Rick Moranis, you don't have to worry too much about it. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just you know when you've got, I mean every once while uh, I just looked down and I got Mel Brooks on my right and Rick Moranis on my left, and it you know please you know uh, uh, it, you 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 just doesn't get any better. Where if you're doing uh, comedy and you know um, I don't care if you're doing anything, these guys are so so talented. And but when it comes to humor, they were the best that they still are. Right. Um, so it was quite it was quite a treat for me uh, to be part of that. You know, you still kind of, you know, go home in the car and go look in the mirror and go, yeah, it's me. I'm, <laughs> I'm the <laughs> one who was there today. You know, so, so that was that. Yeah. Very uh, special.
1: You you know, you mentioned uh, Mel and Rick already, but, you know, John Candy, Bill Pullman, Michael Winslow, oh. the, the amount yeah. of talent in this film. Mm is incredible, Absolutely. and you already had mentioned um you know everybody breaking up and into laughter at certain jokes and stuff were there any like in particular standout moments just for yourself or with you and another crew or castmate uh, during this that really stands out in your memory oh that's well, that's a
0: good question you know I, I not necessarily because it was by any means the funniest thing we you know in the movie but i I remember the the first day we shot you know that was that was you know we were filming out in uh atlanta where we were we weren't in california but we had to be out in a desert scene and um oh, right you know it's just being in the car with rick and, and and mel um you know and i didn't have anything to do except you know uh they start the car and i'm standing up i go start the car and then and of course i fell on my on my tush the minute we took off um, <laughs> you know it, it, you knew right away you were that's just what it's going to be like. Um, but no, I I, um, I just think working the first scene was the one <clears throat> that I will always stand out the most. Um, and as you know, as far as uh, other moments went, there, there were there were so many. You know, I, Rick Rick was so funny, and and then we would be you know in between shots there for a moment. Um, he'd say something, and start laughing. <clears throat> And now, we, now I'm laughing. And Then he pulled his his his, his helmet down, and uh, so Mel can't see him laughing. And Mel's going, "All yeah, right, action!" And I'm laughing, and I can see his little legs going. You know, I know he's laughing down, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm the I'm the only guy getting caught laughing. You know, so, <laughs> I mean, there was there's moments like that. You know, when <clears throat> and again, and that's that's just working with these these two people.
1: Yeah, you were no, quite a wonderful. disadvantage without that helmet, weren't you? <laughs>
0: oh, I it was, I certainly <laughs> was, absolutely. Yes, yeah. I will say that. You know, I don't think Mel uh, expected, and I don't want to, I shouldn't speak for him, but I, I don't think he expected this our movie to be. You know, it would be fine. It would do well for a while, and then it would move on. But there has been this thing, and obviously, I think because it's, it's, it's. Sim- simple simply uh, similar to so many things that are going on were going on at that time so have a space balls um kind of like story um you know flying around the, the world and up into a planet and so on um that just has always seemed to be uh current in, in so many ways you know with our right. space travel and so and i think that was one of the things that's really helped it uh, to just and then i you know i would have uh parents a, a father come up to me and with his son who was like seven maybe seven eight years old um and saying you know i want you to meet him the father loves baseballs and he's got his son and, and uh, watching and i think that's what that's been going on a long time with space balls and that's why it's still here and then still popular um because it's generation after generation after generation has had a chance to watch it and it's um it's uh it's worked for all of them for all of them <clears throat> so very we're very lucky now it doesn't usually happen it happen with a you know, movie wonderful movies hang around forever but um you know a comedy a light comedy like that to still be as popular as it is is is, is not common I, would, I wouldn't
1: think no i wouldn't say so i'm hard pressed to think of another that's really stood that test yeah. of time you know mm-hmm. it's timeless in the comedy. Yeah. i mean it all it holds up still today yeah. in
0: a big way yeah yeah it does, uh, you know, and, and I will tell you, I don't. I've gone a long time with, uh, recently without seeing it, and I turned the TV it was on, and I went, oh, I'm going to watch. You know, it was the middle of the movie or whatever. Watch for a little while, and I kept watching because it's funny, you know. It, yeah. And I'm not talking about my performance. I'm just talking about the movie. <laughs> it, you know, uh, uh, it, it, you just go, yeah, this this is going to be around for for a long, long time uh it's it's so well done and with with such good people uh doing it and the list that you mentioned the actors you know just wonderful i mean whatever the part is big middle you know big or small or whatever you're going to have wonderful comedic actors doing them Mm -hmm. so um there's no moment that the film doesn't continue to to work as a as a a comedy
1: yeah stars were in a line for that one no pun intended there i mean truly (laughs) absolutely I had yeah. read something online and this is, um, you, know, you know, you never know if you can believe what you read online, but I had read, you know, looking at facts about Spaceballs, that the soundstage mm-hmm. that was being used for Spaceballs was also the same soundstage they had used for the Wizard of Oz and that uh, cast and crew would occasionally find pieces or traces of the yellow brick road in the building. Is there any fact to that? Can you speak to that or No.
0: I, I heard that myself. I didn't see pieces being picked up, but I was aware of that. Uh, I can't confirm it, but you know, um, it was up at Fox, um, and you know, uh, a lot of wonderful films made over there. Um, so it, it's—I would say it's very likely. I think those guys, when, when they said it, I went, "Yeah, okay. Uh, it, this is where this was where that film was filmed." But I don't—I don't remember the picking up of pieces. I can't can't say I saw any of that because if I had. I would have tried to pay him for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There, yeah. I mean,
1: I I'm was thinking there, maybe there's traces, but when it said pieces, I was like, what? And that's kind of like, weird. Yeah, that's, that's a long, It had to have been picked clean years ago.
0: Yeah. I, and I think the cleaning people would have been fired, you know? So <laughs> yeah. <just> <laughs> <laughs> no. All
1: right. I've got one more question for you here. Sure. This is kind of going Absolutely. away from uh, space balls, but You know, television and film has evolved so much over the past 20 Mm -hmm. years. And you yourself, you've been in the industry, (laughs) what, going on 50 years, if not 50, which is incredible. Yeah, 50. Yeah. So, you know, with the advent of the internet, YouTube, streaming services, and then, you know, like quarantine kind of changing the way. Uh, We get movies now, you know, so many things have changed from somebody, you know, in your perspective, from where you're sitting in the industry for this long, what do you, what do you think about the evolution of television? Do you like where it's gone? Do you think something's lost in it?
0: Well, one of the things that I, um, worries me a little bit about the way things work now and that you can get everything on television, you know, when a movie comes out, they'll put it in the theater for seven days so it can be eligible to get an Academy award and then they'll immediately go to, to zoom whatever. And I want theaters to be filled. I, I okay. no, it's gotten better. I, that, that was, that was really true for a while there. And I, you know, now you have films staying longer, but I want to see movies in theaters and I want to, and I'm always hoping that the theaters are filled um, because that movies had such a, played such a big role for so long. Uh, and and I, I don't want to see it losing out to television. I love television, right. but um, f- film in theaters is, is, is special, and it has been for, what, you know, forever uh, with films. Uh, so um, that's the one thing that I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed about and uh, hoping, hoping we don't keep sliding away from f- movie theaters. And so, you know, some wonderful ones are closing because people just, there aren't enough people coming in. And um, yeah, I don't like reading that, um, but I'm old old school and uh, that way. And um, so uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that those theaters can either stay open or come back open.
1: I get it though. I mean, we lost two theaters around here, mm-hmm. probably more in Columbus here, but you know, going to the theater versus sitting at home, watching a movie, two completely different things. And for a lot of people, I guess it isn't. Some people are fine. Taking the at home yeah. option, they'll take it over it. But the theater, you know, is such a disconnect. Those lights go down. It just shuts everything mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. in the world. And it's just you and that film. You get to concentrate and go on this adventure or whatever for, you know, next hour or two. Uh, when I'm at home, I'm like, oh, there's dishes I could probably get done. like Maybe I'll do it during this quick part. You know, you so can just pause it, go to the bathroom real quick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, that's where the magic is, I think, is, uh, as uh the theater i like my big tv but i like the big movie screen too that's still yeah there's yeah there's a lot more immersion going to the theater we go to the theater all the time you know it's just it's just again just love the submersion into it and that was one thing that i missed severely during a quarantine was going to the theater
0: Mm -hmm. well yes and listen you you couldn't have said it better i um i I agree with everything you've said and, and and i feel the same way you feel about it um, it's a very special thing to be in a theater with people. You you feel the energy. Of ever, you see the big screen and you feel the energy and and you hear the the, uh, the laughter coming from you know rows and rows of people. It's a it's a different experience in so many ways. And it's just being out there, not being home in in our you know in front of our TV, which we all love. But being out, going out into a theater is already you're already you know glad to be there. It's special. It's a theater. Exactly. So it 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 is clearly um, uh, what where movies should be watched, and um, that's not you know uh, not the way it is currently. At least as I say, after the first week, um, and I, I trust that's getting better. But uh, yes, it's very important, and I think everybody who goes to the theater understands exactly what it, what you and I are saying about it.
1: George, thank you so much right, for let's... taking this time to talk with us tonight. It's been an honor, and I can't wait uh, for our listeners to hear this interview. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, thank you for asking me. And, you know, I honestly, I'm serious. Um, having done this before, there was something about the way you presented everything that really made it easy and fun for me to talk about things. So um, thank you guys. And uh, I wish you guys the best and continue to continue to do your work. And I hope thank you, thank you, you so much. To-
1: that means a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: You, you oh. stay safe and uh, maybe one day we'll do it again. All right. I'd
1: love to. Absolutely love to. But, all right, George, all right. you have a wonderful evening. All right, sir? You too. Bye bye, guys. All right. And that was our conversation with George Weiner. Damn, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It was fun. Imagine if we had more time to pick his brain. Oh, yeah. The stories this guy's got to be able to tell. I mean, he's, <laughs> like we were saying before, it'd be more difficult to list something he hasn't done.
0: Right. Than what he has.
1: Yeah. That many credits. George, were you in this? No. Yes. <laughs> Score. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I I haven't been able to I looked on Instagram. I didn't see he had a, a handle or anything. He's a bit old school, so I don't think he has social media. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he has a website. Not that I was seeing. Do you know? I don't think so. So check him out on IMDb. Just check him out on YouTube. Just Google his just name. Just turn your damn TV on. Or just put, space balls <laughs> yeah, yeah. just put Spaceballs in. Just put Spaceballs in. But uh, a big thanks to George for stopping by and uh, visiting with us here (laughs) on the show. And uh, I guess that leaves us with Jack. What's on the website? Go to CandairPodcast.com where you can ulfs Listen, like, follow, and subscribe. Become a patron. Buy some merch. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. Surrounded by assholes. (laughs) What was that noise you made? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, like, follow, and subscribe. Ulfs. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. He's an asshole, sir. Major asshole. Sorry, sir.
0: I'm trying my best, sir.
1: (laughs) And don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Cand underscore air. And uh, the website Jack was just talking about, CandarePodcast.com, Patreon link, a link to our uh, merch page, two different ways you can support us and get something in return. Or if you don't have the financial means to support us, just leave us a review on your podcast player choice because that truly does help. Also, once again, we're putting out the call for uh, spooky stories for our Halloween episode, whether they be UFO or ghost or just something unexplainable. Uh, we want to hear your story. And we want to get you on our Halloween episode. Uh, looks like spots are filling up quick, though. Oh, so, yeah. you know, it's not too late to get your uh, story in if you have one. So let us know. Shoot us an email at info at candarepodcast.com. And Randy, what else? Evergreenpodcast.com. There it is. Check them out. Uh, after you check us out on there, then check out a lot of the other shows. But there's a lot of good shows on there. So, All right. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, I am Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. Hi, puppy. Nice, puppy. Oh, no. Don't run. It'll only make things worse. What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. Hey. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. This has been a Canned Air production. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On press box Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access.